Today we have one of the shortest verses in the Bible. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Why did Jesus weep? Jesus' weeping shows that he cares. He loved Lazarus. After he weeps, the Jews say to him, or they say out loud, they say, look how much he loved him. He cares, Jesus, is, Jesus cares about our human condition. He weeps because he cares. And I would say that just as Jesus wept 2,000 years ago, Jesus at times continues to weep today. Less and less priests, and there's people who have this idea like, well, let's just allow priests get married. You know, that'll solve the problem. There was a former priest on the news saying this just this past week, that priests should get married. People who say this don't appreciate the great gift of chaste celibacy. I believe they don't trust in grace. They don't have a deep enough faith, and that's why they resort to that, that type of compromise. And so Jesus weeps. Bishops and others wanting to bless same-sex unions are saying we need to change the church teaching on sexual morality because the times have changed. Jesus weeps. Catholic politicians advocating for unrestricted access to abortion. And this causes Jesus to weep. Catholics, especially priests and bishops, they are his disciples and they're meant to be his friends. And yet they continue to betray him over and over again. Where is their faith? Do they even believe? It's like they're giving up on the faith. They're throwing in the towel on Jesus. So my friends, do we weep? Do we mourn over this brokenness in the world? One priest I look up to says, The world has gone bonkers. Do we weep over the fact that the world and the church has gone bonkers? St. Augustine said, reflecting on this verse, quote, Christ wept, let man also weep for himself. For why did Christ weep but to teach men to weep? Jesus wept as an example to us to show us that we need to weep. We need to mourn that things are not as they should be. That I'm broken, the church is broken, the world is broken. For example, does it bother us? Do we weep when our children or our grandchildren are living with their boyfriends or their girlfriends before marriage? Do we weep that our loved ones have stopped going to Mass? Many Catholics just kind of accept that reality and say, well, that's just the way it is. Everyone's doing it. But that's the point. We're not like everyone else. We are not everyone else. We are Catholic. We are disciples of Jesus Christ. We're called out of the world to be different from the world and to be like Christ. On the other hand, there are many Catholics, many of you here, who truly mourn this brokenness greatly. You weep bitterly knowing that your children are offending God and harming themselves. You love your children, but you won't ignore or pretend that what they are doing is okay. 
just before Mass, I was talking to a man. They said he doesn't feel any more lonely than when he's at Mass because he's the only one from his family here. Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I had a long time, took me a long time reflecting on that passage, that beatitude of why is it blessed to mourn? Why is it blessed to mourn? What's good about mourning or being sad? Well, Jesus isn't just saying, oh, you know, just when you're sad, you're blessed. No, he's saying it takes faith to mourn that the world is not as it should be. That faith tells us that things should be differently. When the world is rejoicing, you know, we're weeping because things aren't the way they should be. And it takes great faith to recognize that and not just to go about your business like the rest of the world that doesn't mourn the state of things, the brokenness. So I always affirm those who are weeping, who come to me and say, Father, this or that, you know, it it hurts so much. And I tell them, you are blessed. (laughs) Jesus says you are blessed. And to remember in that great promise that you will be comforted. You will be comforted. This weeping, this mourning should spur us to action. I think we all know at least one person who isn't coming to Mass, isn't coming to church. And we really shouldn't be okay with that. We should say something to them. I understand using the gentle approach at times, but sometimes we need to kick a brother or sister in the pants. I grew up playing sports, and there are always those two different strategies. Sometimes coaches, right, would, or you would, you know, have to be a little gentle with them. But other times you needed the, they needed the firm. You had to hold them accountable. You needed to say, hey, pick it up. (laughs) You need to start working harder. We need you. You're letting us down. The same goes for us in the church. I think we can overrate what priests say. I think a lot more fruitful sometimes when brothers and sisters in Christ say it to their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and challenge them. I think you have a little bit more street credit sometimes than I do with people. So to say to someone, hey, where have you been? You've been forsaking Jesus. Get back to church. We need you. You're letting us down. We have to tell them sometimes that whatever excuse they have is just that, an excuse. Finally, we need to weep over our own sins. We need to weep over our own sins. St. Augustine, continuing on that quote I said before, said, We should also weep, but for our sins, to help us return to the life of grace through conversion and repentance for God's glory and for the good of our soul. Again, it's a balance. It's about being a healthy Christian, a healthy Catholic, which means I can be at peace knowing I'm in friendship with God, all right, I'm on the right track, more or less, but not excusing my sins or my imperfections, truly striving for holiness in my life, striving for sanctity, not settling for mediocrity. St. John Vianney, the great parish priest, patron of all priests, said he kept wanting to leave his parish. 
He wanted to leave all the responsibility of villages of his parish to do what? Just to go to weep over his poor life, he said. I just need to, I want to leave and just weep over my sins. In fact, a couple of times he tried to sneak away in the middle of the night. <laughs> but the people loved him so much and realized he was such a good priest and pastor that they actually like staked people around town in the middle of the night to keep watch. And so when he tried to sneak away, they got him and brought him back <laughs> and wouldn't let him get away. If St. John Vianney had a desire to weep for his sins, to mourn, to do penance, all of us must do that as well. We need to repent of them in confession especially. We can't just dismiss our sins. A couple of years ago, I, I met a woman named Carol. I was up at my previous parish in Tower, and I was just at Zoops. Zoops is the grocery store, and I was there, and I, I was wearing my cassock. And a woman came up to me, and she said, Are you a priest? I said, Well, yeah, this isn't Halloween. And uh, she said, Well, you know, I'm not Catholic, but my husband is, and he's dying from cancer. He hasn't been to church in a long time. Um, could you come see him? And they had a cabin, a house on the other side of Lake Vermilion. If you know Lake Vermilion, there's some places where you can't even get by um, by road, and so you, so I showed up one day to the dock, and she came over in the boat, picked me up, and drove me across the lake in the boat to see her husband. Her husband' name, names was Bill. Was Bill, and at that time I heard his confession, anointed him, and brought him communion. And I would do that a couple more times in the next couple years. I would visit them when they were down in the cities for the winter. Uh, Bill ended up dying about a year ago, and at that point. Carol was, still wasn't Catholic, but you could tell something was moving in her heart. And in the last months or so, she's asked me about becoming Catholic, and um, she's like maybe some of you, and I would say like myself, that wasn't really comfortable going up to a parish and saying, hey, I want to become Catholic, and going through all those public class classes with everyone. Wanted to do things more privately, so I told her about Formed, formed.org. And so she's been learning about the faith on her own. And she's that kind of private that she even wants to come up here sometime and allow me just to receive her into the church on her own. And that's fine. But it's beautiful to see someone, like when the world is going bonkers, someone believing in this faith. Last week... She said someone, a woman in her apartment complex, came up to her, knocked on her door, and said, hey, you want to come down and join me for a glass of wine? And she said, well, one, I gave up wine for Lent, and then two, I'm kind of in the middle of this class right now. And she, the other woman was kind of curious, said, well, what class? What, what are you learning? What are you studying? And she goes, well, studying to become Catholic. <laughs> and this other woman goes, why would you want to do that? I'd rather become a Jew before I would ever become Catholic. My friends, the world has gone bonkers. It is broken, and Jesus weeps. He weeps today just as much as he did 2,000 years ago. Many Christians, many Catholics have lost the faith and abandoned Jesus. Jesus weeps over that. We must weep and mourn over that as well. And realize that you are blessed because of your mourning, because of your faith. Your faith professes that this really, this world isn't the way it should be. And believe that you will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted.
Remember that even today, though, there is those carols in the world. There's you and there is me. We are still here. We have the faith. We believe.